Matthew 11, verses 20 through 30. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for you or for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. All right, this is the last day of the first leg of our journey through Matthew. So tomorrow we're, we're jumping over to Philippians, which is going to be amazing. And uh, what a great word to end on in Matthew. Um, and, and it's kind of a turning point. Um, you know, Jesus, this whole saga uh, and this whole dialogue that he, he's had in this chapter starts uh, with John the Baptist's disciples sort of questioning or, you know, asking for confirmation of his identity. And uh, it, it ends uh, just with this amazing, amazing, you know, verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So, there, there's a lot going on in today's passage. I'm joined uh, by just two two beautiful men, Billy Bean and Jackson Randall. Um, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I was speaking more to the heart. Oh, oh. oh thanks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too. But uh, yeah, 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 totally. So you know, Jesus starts uh, with some some heavy, heavy words uh, towards these cities that he has been uh, doing just miraculous literally miraculous works in and i mean gosh if this isn't a heavy word he he starts to bring up all the the bad guys of the old testament you know we got tyre sedan we got uh sodom and gomorrah and basically saying that those wicked wicked you know sort of absolute just paradigms of wickedness in the old testament that they're going to have less judgment to bear than you know, Jesus's own stomping grounds who are generally like religious, well-to-do people, you know, sons and daughters of Abraham. And yet they see Jesus and they don't like what they see. And, uh, and so that is a huge, uh, rock. And then Jesus turns from there to this really beautiful prayer where he thanks God that they sort of kingdom that he's building, the type of kingdom that he's building is one that's actually hidden from the wise and clever and revealed to little children. 
and then that segues into this uh, come to me all who labor uh, sort of invitation at the end. So, Billy Jackson, what are your thoughts on on this passage? Well, I mean, we, we think about Jesus's ministry and like where it begins, right? The Messiah, the Christ, he begins his ministry in like this little dinky town, Nazareth, and then sort of that whole Galal- uh, Galilean sea uh, kind of countryside, all those towns. There's a lot of there's some geographic like significant uh, significance that, you know, we'd, we'd want to um, focus in on here. One, Chorazin and Bethsaida. I mean, these are, these are two little towns that Jesus like spent a, the good majority of his, of his ministry time in. I mean, these kinds of towns doing miracles, preaching this message. Mm-hmm. These are, um, you know, the Jewish people, they already have uh, knowledge of, of, Jesus to some extent, they already have knowledge of the old Testament. They know about John the Baptist and this message that was, that was, that was preached. They know about Isaiah, mm-hmm. Malachi. Mm-hmm. They know these things, they have knowledge. Um, but yet, and then Jesus does these miracles and that does not all this knowledge and all these miracles still doesn't produce repentance in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Jesus, you know, he, he, he then goes to Tyre and Sidon and says, if all of this that was said and done, uh, by me was done in Tyre and Sidon. These are cities that are not primarily Jewish cities. These are Gentile cities, ancient Phoenician cities, Mm -hmm. larger cities, pagan cities. If the things that I've done for you and I've said for you were done in Tyre and Sidon, Mm -hmm. they would have repented. And so I I just find it interesting here. I wonder if Jesus is, is saying, you know, um, the more light that you've been given, the more knowledge that you've been given, um, what you do with that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These other cities, they don't have any knowledge or revelation. Yeah. This is where a lot of the least, you know, in that last passage that we talked about uh, on the last session, yeah. um, the least of the kingdom will be greater than John the Baptist. The, a lot of those people that are the least in the kingdom are going to be in those kinds of cities, Tyre and, um, and Sidon, mm. and they don't have any revelation or knowledge. And so um, just really strong words. And I wonder if Jesus is saying, look, you know, you know a lot and you've seen a lot and that has not produced repentance in you. So here's this yeah. statement of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to articulate this, but it feels like it, this serves as a good warning for us today to say, you know, steward well the, the clear gospel that has been presented to you. Like um, I think there's a way that we can sort of receive the gospel, you know, in air quotes and, and treat it in such a way where we're not allowing it to produce faith and repentance in us, but instead we sort of like stand over it, wielding it for our purposes and not let it have its full effect on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, you know, Jesus likens these cities to, uh, and the people within them, uh, to, to those who are unrepentant, mm-hmm. you know, they not receiving Jesus led them to be an unrepentant people and and he bids them turn from your evil ways and yeah. come to me yeah and um and and so i think for those of us who who we have the knowledge like we, we are in the church for whatever reason you're listening to odr mm-hmm. i mean you're listening to a christian podcast you, you know it you have the the oracles of god you you have the mystery of god uh revealed before your face the christ in us the hope of glory like like treat that with care, uh, receive it and then, and then herald it. 
rather than being this sort of like exacting, criticizing, you know, well, Jesus didn't come in quite quite the exact way that I wanted him to, or John didn't come in right quite the exact way that I want to. Christ covenant or church A, B, or C, they, they don't do things exactly the way that I'd want them to. Therefore, they're a false church or a bad church or whatever. It's like, no, like let's let's be people who gladly receive the gospel, have hearts be full of faith, engage this world in a way that's in keeping with the gospel and what the Lord desires of us, um, which should cause us to be uh, people who are glad in Christ, happy in Christ, um, uh, telling others about the glories of Jesus. We should be patient, long-suffering, gracious sort of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think we we need to take care what we do with this good deposit that's been entrusted to us. Yeah, I think this affects the way that we we do church and like just the Christian life together, mm-hmm. even especially in a in a world that's very driven by the internet and by news cycles and whatnot. I think it's easy to to operate under this assumption that the people that are in the worst shape, you know, the the people that have the most judgment to bear are like the people that are out there. And, right. you know, every kind of circle has their own, you know, and, um, you know, and there, there's all these different marches and causes and like whatever that we might be like diametrically opposed to and assume that those people who are, you know, who are promoting this like wicked cause are, are in the worst standing and I think Jesus' words are, are really, really sobering, which is that these like outright displays of just like godlessness, you know, they're they're clueless, they're senseless, there there is judgment to bear, but the greatest judgment, the most intolerable judgment, is to see the the character of Jesus, the type of life that he is calling you to, and to just live you know, in, in this sort of tangential uh, religious association mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And, or to, to seek the benefits of Jesus, but not the Lordship of Jesus. And the reason that that should give a lot of weight to us is because that should concern us for people at Christ's covenant. You know, mm-hmm. that should concern us for family members and, you know, people who we know are regularly exposed to uh, the, the way of Jesus and yet don't walk in it, we should feel more more weight, more anguish uh, on their behalf uh, rather than just some caricature of wickedness that we see on Fox News or Babylon Bee or whatever and, and think that that's like enemy number one. Right. Well, and, and that's where, you know, so I, the the progression of this passage is brilliant. It's so, so wonderfully helpful because, you know, I start to read these passages about like, you know, receiving Jesus and honoring John the Baptist. And then there's all these woes to the unrepentant cities. And, and I started to think, okay, well, I've been in the church for a long time now, and I've been in close proximity to the things of God. I have had the gospel word preached and heralded to me. I've read the Bible and I've got access to, you know, every theological book that I could ever want. Mm -hmm. And, and yet my life often reflects something other than grace and truth and love and and patience and all these sorts of things and um and so sometimes i start to see myself as one of these people who maybe belongs more so to Chorazin than Tyre and Sidon um and and i and i start to go well who can stand you know like who who can 
continue if this is sort of the standard that's being put before us. Mm. And then you get verses 25 through 30, which says like, you know, come to me. We're all at the mercy of God, basically. Yeah, Yeah. come to me. You you know, receive me like a child receives me and come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah. You know, take my teaching upon you. Take my yoke upon you for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Um, You know, the, the heart of God is put before us, not as this one who just wants to come and and bash us over not getting everything right or mm. being like, hey, you didn't you didn't nail this religious exercise. But he he says, come to me like a child, and I will love you, mm-hmm. and I will show you my blessing, show you my favor, and I'll show you how uh, how my burden is light, my yoke is easy. Mm-hmm. And so you have this wonderful gospel turn mm-hmm. that. Uh, allows people with restless hearts like me and I suspect you guys to go, oh, I could find hope and stay in Christ Jesus. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to like hog the time, but what's really cool about that too is this passage. Um, I always want to want people to remember these sorts of passages where Jesus speaks of his identity. And this is one of those key passages where verse 27 says, all things have been handed over to me by my father, which may sound familiar to you if you're familiar with Matthew 28, uh, which is the great commission passage. But then it says, you know, who knows the son except for the father and who knows the father except for the son. Jesus is saying something about his identity here. Mm-hmm. So so he's not speaking as one who doesn't have authority to tell us mm-hmm. to come to him. He's saying, no, as the one who has all authority in heaven mm-hmm. and earth, come to me and I'll give you rest. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What's really interesting to that point, too, is like up to this point, the the last couple passages in Matthew 11 we've been talking about, it's about this I. You know, John's trying to figure out, is this the Messiah, yeah. the Savior? And it seems like the 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 focus of the passage is on the Messiahship aspect yeah. of Christ's mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. And Jesus finishes things here saying, look, I am Messiah, but before that I'm the Son. Yes. I'm the divine Son of God. My, yeah. my Messiahship, my mission doesn't make sense if I'm not the all-powerful one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says this crazy statement of, I mean, there's a statement of judgment, right? Yeah. yeah. Mighty, powerful judgment. Fear the Lord. You're at my mercy. Yeah. I'm the divine son of God. I have power and authority to save. Yeah. And then he finishes with true faith will come to me, you know, will come to me as the gentle and lowly one. Yeah. yeah. Will come to me with their burdens and their, their fatigue and their weariness and their angst yeah. with humility the least in the kingdom of God will come to come to a Jesus like that. Yeah. And, um, and will look like, look like Jesus yeah. Yeah. as such. So I love that. I love that. You know, um, Thomas, uh, preached on this passage a, f- a few weeks ago and, uh, a young adults. And I loved, he, he really highlighted the three, uh, invitations that are kind of buried in 28 and 29. Right. Uh, and kind of like the three verbs that are committed, come to me, take my yoke and learn from me. Mm-hmm. And basically the idea of this like three step process is first come to me, you know, uh, approach Jesus uh, freely, like as, as a friend, not, not, you know, uh, fearing this harshness, but mm. you know, he, he displays his heart. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Mm. So it's this invitation to abandon all else, abandon yourself um, and, and come to Jesus. And then this take my yoke, that that is a very submissive image. You mm. know, taking a yoke upon you, yourself is, you know, it's like this servant. It's like this mm. ox kind of image. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's submitting to Jesus as, as a guide, as a Lord, as a, as a ruler and master, and then learn from me. It's that like internalizing. So you're not just, you know, all these religions have, have this idea. I mean, I think Islam is a great example that there's a, there's a submission, but, um, it's very like, uh, there, there's a lot of like fear and loathing kind of wrapped up in that submission, but learning, you know, it's this internalizing and this like rewiring of of the heart and of the mind. Mm. And then Jesus wraps it up in his character for, I am gentle and lowly and you will find rest. And so it's just like a helpful thing to come through. Am I, am I abandoning all else and coming to Jesus and am I submitting to him? Mm. And am I actually learning from him? And I, am I learning the way mm. or am I, you know, stubbornly submitting? So good. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, there's a, there's books written on, on these passages so we could go on, but we must not. I think DA Carson would be proud hey. of, of our reflections. Yeah. Well, for Billy, the Baptist, the Baptist being, and just the the absolute shining beacon of Sandy Springs that is Jackson Randall. He is glowing right now. He is glowing. Oh, man. He is glowing. Um, Love th- you guys. <laughs> this is Will Carlisle. And we'll see you tomorrow as we move into Philippians on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.